for sure. 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 Welcome to another episode of For Sure, a 200-foot podcast. I'm Peter. And I'm Jay. Happy so New Jay, Year, do you, Pete. Happy New Year. Do you, feel, <laughs> do you feel older? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, you know, we, we usually keep uh, certain topics uh, out of the, the realm of talking on this podcast. But, yeah, outside events have really made this year make me feel a lot older. So, yeah. Oh, so there's that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, and obviously, you know, for people listening, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about this other than this very opening joke part. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't want people to think like, oh, great. You know, here we, here yeah, they go yeah, again. Yeah. But, well, um, well, no, I, you know, I just Australia's see is on fire and, yeah. and, and, and then, you know, just, we don't need to, we don't need to say it, right? Yeah. Like, we, like people, our, our listeners are smart, educated folk. They, they know what's going on in the world. And so we're just, yeah. We're just saying that, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. we're feeling it, and we're only I did, four days. <laughs> I, I did see a, a great tweet that was um, by uh, Aaron Ryan, and it was, um, uh, yo, boy, are you 2020? Because after three dates, I don't think I want to see you again. <laughs> I thought that was really funny, but um, anyway, so yeah, so we are we are in the start of um, as Jay and I were were talking about before the before we started recording. Um, obviously, people can argue that this is not the start of a new decade, but basically, the common way of looking at things is people are have agreed that this is the start of a new get- decade. So if you if you do want to argue that it's not, then uh, you know don't don't bother. It's fine. We we understand that you are probably technically right, and of course. Technically right is the best way of being right. Um, but yeah, so, so, so some stuff has happened. Um, there was a pretty, you know, there was a week long break. Um, we took an extra, uh, extra week off in between episodes, um, because of the holidays and how hard it is to, you know, kind of get together and make schedules line up with all the family events and everything going on. Um, but we are ready to get back into it. So this is our first episode of 2020. Uh, so Jay, what are we starting off with? Well, we're starting off with the uh, what I think will go down as the only good thing Gary Bettman ever has done, which is the uh, spearheading creation and further uh, growing of the Winter Classic. That's right. Uh, let's see. What time is it? It is 4 o'clock on Saturday, January 4th. So three days ago at the time of this recording, uh, the NHL once again took it outside. You know, that, that, that was, I think that was also the only good marketing slogan yeah. that they came out of. On New, on New Year's Day, they yeah. take it outside, which probably take it outside or most. Patrick Swayze's gonna rip your throat out. <laughs> You're too stupid to have a good time. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that'd be so great. Yeah. A, a Roadhouse Winter Classic mashup. We'll, we'll work on yeah. that for the next episode. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so uh, this year's venue was the Cotton Bowl. Clap, 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 deep in the heart of Texas. So uh, it used to be actually where the actual Cotton Bowl was held. But uh, about, oh, geez, now 10 years ago, it actually moved across the street 
uh, to uh, Jerry Jerry World. So uh, the Con Bowl was left uh, kind of just sitting there. And, uh, you know, I think they still upkept the venue, you know, done good upkeep of the venue. But, um, yeah, the Dallas Stars played host to the Nashville Predators. Uh, for those returning listeners, I'm sure you can go back and listen to our uh, lead-up to said uh, game, mostly through the jerseys. I think that's really all we talked about. Pretty much it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we got to see uh, these teams out on the ice uh, at at press time, a.k.a. now. Uh, my good friend Peter has informed me that outside of a uh, event that we will talk about shortly after this uh, little recap here, uh, he largely did not watch the game, so I, in traditional fashion, will uh, m- sort of uh, catch Peter up on what happened. Um, it's it's not too lengthy of a of a recap. So so Peter, are you ready for what happened? Yes, I am waiting with bated breath. They raced hogs. That's all you need to know. Okay, cool. <laughs> and we're done. Moving on. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, the event that I'm, of course, referring to is that during the intermissions, uh, they raced uh, uh, hogs on, on, the, uh, on the field uh, right next to the rink. Uh, they set up a little uh, hog track where uh, Eddie Olchek was uh, seen cheering on his uh, swine of choice. Um, they actually gave the pigs uh, like kind of punny hockey player names, so like Joe Porkvelsky, ah. I think uh, Ro- Rome Hamiosi. So it was it was really cool. It's the type of stuff that our our esteemed friend, colleague, and pun extraordinaire uh, JJ from Kansas uh, would 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 delight in. I believe he delighted in, and uh, you know should should ever uh, an event pop up for anything wings related, I'm sure he'd be all over it to make it. Yeah, I, I I heard so. that uh, Mike Milbury was racing as himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he uh, it was a little tough. It was a little tough for him because he left his shoes in the crowd, but um, he, I think he was able to get good traction um, with just his bare, stupid feet. Um, so yeah, there, that was uh, that was mostly the uh, the the consistent entertainment. Um, I'd say overall the game was uh, kind of a classic, uh, a come from behind victory for the home team that I think did very well to uh, uh, make the. Game itself pretty special for the uh, Stars faithful. They they were down two nothing early for pretty much uh, a period and a half, and then uh, and then they started to score goals. Now it's it, it remains to be seen whether or not the next thing we talk about was the catalyst for them to make their comeback. But we'll elaborate that on a moment. But uh, from what I could tell, Pete, uh, both of the jerseys looked very good. I as I already stated, the Predators had a good jersey literally sitting right in front of them, but they decided to go more of the uh, homage route, which is totally fine. It's just that when you sometimes when the gift horse bites you in the face, you got to let it eat more. That's a, that's a phrase. Mm. It's 2020. We're making that a phrase now. So, um, yeah, it was it was really cool. Uh, they announced the attendance as at around 85,000, which plopped it in second place because, uh, as we know, it's going to, I'll, nothing's probably going to beat the the big house unless some sort of other venue that has greater than 105,000 exists <laughs> that can house a game. So, yeah, I mean, um, like unless they can make the bigger house. I mean, that's that's the obvious yeah. you know solution well, to this. Well, it was interesting because when I went to the Centennial Classic between the Leafs and the Red Wings, 
Uh, it was at BMO Field, which is where the uh, Toronto uh, soccer team plays, and they actually built additional grandstands in the end zones to accommodate more seats. So hmm. when I saw that happen, I immediately said to myself, you know, there's going to be one day where it's like either they're going to find a venue that's close to the big house, but then they're just going to build a bunch of additional seating to try and break the record because everybody wants bigger, everybody wants bigger, better. It's a, mm. yeah, it's whatever. So uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So the the stars uh, came back uh, from being down two to nothing to win four to two. Uh, it was very exciting. I, I did notice there was a lot more like pyrotechnic stuff that happened mm. this year, especially when goals were being scored. Yeah. I, again, I, I haven't. I haven't been to an actual Winter Classic since the second one, um, you know, the best one in my opinion because <laughs> you know, it's the one that the Red Wings were summarily the greatest team on earth and it was actually probably one of those games where you could probably look back when they do the eventual 30 for 30 on the Blackhawks uh, early bots dynasty. That's one of those games where it's like, yeah, Detroit was really good, but it ended up like giving the Blackhawks more. <laughs> <laughs> of yeah. a of a reason to like be better, so we we created yeah. our own enemy. It is what it is. So well, I mean, yeah, I, I think uh, they did a I think they did a really good job on the tagline for that game because if I remember, I think it was uh, the tagline was everything was beautiful and nothing hurt. <laughs> right, I think I think if yeah, I remember yeah. if I remember correctly, I now yeah. now to be honest, my memory is not always a hundred percent accurate. So you know you might want to take you, that with a operate- huh. You do operate with a 98% clip, though. So yeah, if we're talking much. about a 2% lapse in, in your memory, then that's, then what are we really talking about? So Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, I, I'd say that, uh, I, I mean, sadly, that was found out that uh, this was the least watched uh, Winter Classic in the history of, uh, of the game, which yeah. is, um, you know, kind of sad. But, uh, you know, it's always weird because... It, 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 you know, I, I think it is still able to be sandwiched decently enough for a time window because obviously New Year's, uh, is a prime area for bowl games and college football playoff stuff. So it always, it's always had a, a, a difficult time setting itself up. But, you know, I, I guess one of the reasons that they, uh, it was decided, and again, this is, this is one of those weird, you know, Nielsen rating things that I didn't know was something I had to care about, but I guess there was a it was a prolonged pregame uh, leading up to the game, and I guess that was like the lowest watched portion, uh, and okay. that was that was being rolled into the entire broadcast as a whole. So basically, look at it as like a reverse bell curve, like because yeah. that one was because that was the lowest part, it dragged the rest of the broadcast down. So, but from what I understand, people still watched that. That's cool, but. Enough about the the pageantry and uh, and and ceremony of what the game did because um, something happened in this game that reaffirmed a lot of what we've always thought and it was actually something that you saw too and then yes. actually got to partake in because yes. um, as as is the case with every new year gifts can happen anywhere anytime so uh, this year's gift. Uh, manifested itself in the form of Corey Perry playing all of 38 seconds before uh, directly destroying, um, was it Ryan Ellis? Yeah. Yes. Ryan Ellis. Yeah. Uh, in the head, with an elbow, absolutely, like, on, on a, like, when they 
like in the future when they are describing what it means in the definition that the head is the primary point of contact, Corey Perry literally just put himself numero uno with a bullet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the exactly. prime example of the head being the primary point of contact. So, um, right. He uh, he was given a game misconduct and ejected. He has since been suspended five games by the NHL, all but guaranteeing he'll do this again. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Pete, you're uh, you got to do. Uh, why, why don't you tell the folks about the 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 the? Po- <laughs> it's weird <laughs> to say positive thing to come out of this because it's it's you hate that it was a situation that that the situation that caused it is what caused it, but it did give us something that I think will be everlasting for, for years to come. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, um, you know, I think it's interesting that basically, um, you know, Corey Perry has spent his entire uh, NHL career um, auditioning for a, a newly added role in the, uh, in, in the inevitable remake of the never ending story where he is going to be an associate of the rock eater named the paste eater. Um, because that's pretty much, it's pretty much what he has, uh, and he's, he's pretty much spent his entire NHL career, um, doing garbage stuff like this. Um, so it was not surprising that he was ejected, uh, mere moments into the Winter Classic. And, um, what you were alluding to before is that the, the positive outcome of this, um, and again, we want to, you know, we want to make sure that we are not saying that, um, you know, we are, we are being facetious here because obviously Ryan Ellis was hit in the head and that's dangerous. And we, um, you know, our, our podcast position is we will always, um, you know, we want to do everything to get these type of hits out of the game. Um, but, uh, a, a, a little bonus thing here was that because it was the winter classic and because it is an, an outdoor arena, um, once he was ejected from the game, he had to walk about 20 to 25 seconds to get to like the opening to go into the arena, right? So he walks and there's this guy who's like, you know, you know, a camera operator who's like, you know, watching him, you know, he's like, you know, uh, you know, walking next to him and, 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 and filming him. Um, and of course, you know, it's not no surprise that everybody saw this and said, basically, we need to set this to music. And uh, and thus, you know, a million tweets were born. Right. So this is the uh, the, the 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 walk that launched a million tweets. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, um, you know, there were some really fantastic ones. Um, JJ gave me the idea to use the Lonesome Dove theme song underneath it, which I thought was, was pretty fun. Um, and then, uh, I had, well, I didn't have the idea, but somebody had the bright idea to, to, you know, to slow the video down so that you could have a longer, you know, audio clip underneath it. Um, one of the best ones was, uh, the, especially with the, the Green Day NHL kind of team up. Somebody used the song Boulevard of Broken Dreams, right, where it has the lyric, I walk a lonely road, the only road that I have ever known, and basically I walk alone, and so that was like a really great, uh, you know, idea for that. Uh, somebody used the, um, was I think Michelle Branch, right? Is, is it Michelle yep. Branch? Yeah, the Michelle Branch song. Um, but anyway, yeah, oh yeah, making my way downtown, walking fast, something, something, something. Yeah, so that was fantastic. Um, and then the other one I did was, uh, The Sound of Silence, which was fantastic. Um, 
I was very happy with how that synced up. Um, yeah, this, so there, oh, and then, uh, our, our good friend Sarah, uh, Sarah, um, aka Helmeroids on Twitter, um, used the song, uh, the, 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 the song Bad Day, which was fantastic. Cause you had a bad day, take it one down. And that was just like really funny to watch it walk, walk, uh, to that music. So, um, even though, you know, obviously we had that play, which was a garbage play and you don't want to see in the game, at least there was some type of levity to come out of it. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, overall, you know, it seems like it was an entertaining game. Uh, like I said, I was kind of busy. I, I didn't have a chance to watch it. Um, but uh, I know a lot of people, um, you know, I, I have some friends who are Dallas fans who are, um, you know, either right for the Dallas websites, et cetera, or just Dallas Stars fans. And I know they, they said that they had a great time. They said, you know, they were very happy with the, you know, not just winning the game, but like with the way that the game played out. They thought it was a really good representation of their area, et cetera. So, you know, I mean, like, to be honest, like, I mean, that's what the game is for. The game is for the fans of, of the two teams mainly. It's for the fans of the area um, to kind of show off their their city etc and it seems like um it seems like it was it was a success uh you know it was a success by that definition i guess you could say yep totally agree and um i I think my personal favorite was someone actually edited in every time Corey perry steps it's the sound of squidward yes i saw that yes which which was that that was that was pretty funny too so yeah uh, yeah yeah overall i'd say you know the in terms of ranking it, I probably put it maybe like middle of the pack towards uh, you know kind of leaning towards more more positive than than negative. Um, you know, it, it it obviously demonstrated that the uh, that people will show up south of uh, you know Nashville, right? You know, uh, this yeah. is a good it's a good litmus test for if people are still interested in hockey when they're you know uh, in in the in the more tropical slash uh, south. So southerly uh, uh, climate. So, you know, that, that that was neat to see. You know, they, they didn't really have to talk about it that much. But, um, you know, and then, and then also during the course of the broadcast, they announced that the next one will be held at Target Field with the Minnesota Wild. The opponent is TB, uh, TBA. Uh, oh, man, I'm a huge I, fan I, of TBD. Yeah. Well, uh, I think the... the <laughs> The one tweet I saw was TBA stands for the Blackhawks again. So, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, there's, okay. there's, there's that. Every time I hear it, hear that, I think of um, one of my favorite shows uh, from the last decade, which was Community. Um, obviously, there was you know it's kind of up and down. There was a season that wasn't really that great, but overall, it was, it was definitely one of my favorite comedies of the decade. And um, I remember there's uh, it was the paintball episode where they the dean comes in and announces that the prize is TBD, and Troy's like, I, I want TBD. That sounds really good. And then Chevy Chase's character says, I think I had TBD for a week back in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably getting the quote a little bit wrong, but like, like you know, the joke is is, yeah. the, is the main part. But yeah, uh, oh my gosh. So so now I can't think of I can't hear like TBA or TBD without thinking of that 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 setup. So um, can't think about that one time back in the '70s when you had it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, before I was born. Although technically, as my wife always likes to point out. Um, Depending on how you look at it, I am a decade older than her, but I am also only four months older than her because I was born at the end of 79 and she was born at the beginning of 1980. So uh, it's all relative. It depends on how you look at it. Uh. <laughs> 
But yeah, I think, uh, um, that's the right way to look at it. Yeah, so from here, we're going to take our first break, and when we come back, we are going to be talking to Allison Lucan from The Athletic uh, Columbus. She is the beat writer for the Columbus Blue Jackets, so please don't miss that. Stay right here, and we'll be right back. All right, our guest today is Allison Lukin. Uh, she is a, a another returning champion. We've had uh, we, we've had some people back on the show recently that we've had on before, and um, Jay and I are very very happy to have her back. Um, so she is a uh, you know she's a writer for the Athletic for uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, she is actually just uh, just just wrapping up uh, finishing uh, covering a game today. So uh, how's it going, Allison? <laughs> it's going good. I'm always happy when I get to talk to you guys and be part of the show. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, well, thank you very much. Yeah, I um, I was actually I was watching I was I was watching some of the game before, but then um, uh, Jay and I recorded the rest of the episode uh, you know beforehand, uh, so I didn't get to see all of it. So it looks like uh, it didn't end well for the good guys, unfortunately. Yeah, it's strange. I mean, I'm, I'm sure no one wants to hear a ton about that game, but it was this team just doesn't play well in these 1 p.m. matinees. They never do, and it was just a. It was not the best hockey I've seen, let's just say that, from either team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it, it's always weird, because obviously, you know, being a Detroit fan now and being an Islander fan before, I always remember from my perspective, I was like, oh, man, our team never go, never gets up for these matinee games. And it's just like, I wonder, like, is there, like, half the league where they're like, our team plays great. I know, right? You know? Because um, I think somebody, I think... Uh, I want to give credit. I think it might have been Charlie O'Connor. If, if you know, please correct me uh, if I'm wrong. Um, but you know how every, basically every fan base is like, um, oh, there's a rookie playing tonight. Oh, he's going to score his first NHL goal oh, against totally. us. Totally. And like everybody always thinks that it happens, but he did the research and you know, he found out that like, um, the majority of the fan bases are wrong. Uh, I think yeah. Philadelphia is the team that gives up the most, uh, first NHL goals. Yeah, I remember seeing it, but you know, I can't remember who put it out, but it's, yeah, that I'm surprised more people don't hate me because, because that's me, crusher of, of myths and, and fan <laughs> yeah. rants because people, oh, we never get the calls. Well, actually, here's the stats and we do get calls. <laughs> and <it's> fine. <laughs> yeah, like, like it seems to be pretty universal, like, a, like across fan bases that like everybody, like, you know, we kind of view, we view the world through our own lens and, and, Everything, um, you know, there's a great David Foster Wallace speech, uh, where he was giving a, a commencement speech and he has this, this, this part where he talks about where like, you know, the reason that the majority, you know, that most people are like kind of conceited on some level, you know, like we kind of think our, about ourselves first is that every single thing that happens in our life happens from our perspective, you know, like happens oh, right. relative to us. And I think this is kind of just like a, 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 like an expansion of that going out to like the, you know, the larger group of people. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. It was, this is saying if, if people, if everyone thought about us as much as we think they do, we never get anything done. It's the kind of the converse of that. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, exactly. You know, it, it's like the high school thing where they're like, Oh my God, I got a pimple. Everybody's looking at it. It's like, nah, totally. Nobody's looking no at it. They're, they're, they're right. worried about their own pimple that, that they think everybody's <laughs> looking at, you know? Um, exactly. 
Yeah, so so we're, we we can get to some more specific stuff, uh, you know, in a little bit. But first, um, we have a a pretty major event coming up in in uh, actually just just a little over a month. Well, when this episode releases, it'll be just about a month, and I I can hear the uh, the excitement in your voice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have a long to do list. I'm very excited. I just have a long to do list. <laughs> and um, the, the the interesting thing about this is that this will be a conference that Jay is going to as well. So all three of us will be there obviously you have a lot more to do than we do um but it's going to be very exciting to see you so um for our listeners who don't know what i'm talking about if you want to kind of give a little pitch for it sure uh so february uh eight and nine uh we have the first ever uh columbus blue jackets hockey analytics conference which um those happen all over and they're usually called hacks and so this is cbj hack um and we're really excited i mean it's there are so many organizations all over the world that make these possible. And in this case, it's really cool that it's the NHL team that's getting involved. And we've also, because of that, been able to bring, we are, I think we're up to eight NHL teams with confirmed participation and attendance. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be really neat to have those people in the room. Some folks from the new Seattle franchise are going to be joining us and be part of a panel, which is fantastic. And we're just going to really focus on education and exploring new ideas within the world of hockey analytics. That's on Saturday. And then everyone who goes also gets to go to the game that night. Now, if you come in Friday, you can also go to the Detroit game on Friday. Um, <laughs> but everyone definitely gets a ticket to the Colorado game on Saturday. And then um, we are also running the, the submission process is closed, but we had a data contest where people could apply and work with um, some data from SportLogic tracking. And then those people who are the finalists will get to present their work to that panel of all the NHL executives who are coming to the conference. Um, that'll happen on Sunday. So there's some neat twists. We're also really going to focus on, I'll, I'll spoil some of the surprises um, since Ooh. we're talking about it. We're, we're really focused on not just the person who's been around analytics for forever, but people who are new to it. So we're going to, right before the conference, hopefully send out like some prep material. Here are things to read or watch or listen to. If you're interested mm-hmm. in getting more of a foundation, we're going to tailor that to the talks that we schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also, uh, hopefully going to have a, a kind of debunk. We were just talking about mm-hmm. busting myths. We're going to have kind of a debunk the myths panel where people are going to be able to ask any question they want. Um, and we're going to have Ooh. some pretty cool people on that panel to to kind of talk about the the things that always raise some eyebrows in analytics based on what the audience wants to talk about, not based on what we want to talk about. So um, those will be our little spins. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm really, 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 really excited, not just for the conference, but just to see everyone like you guys because we're, we're such a fun community. So it's great to get everyone together and just have that time together as well. Yeah, th- that's going to be great. I'm um, uh... It, I, I'm just thinking about some of the some of the questions that could be asked. And, uh, oh my god, it's going to be fantastic. Um, uh, oh here, uh, so so Jay, before before you go uh, with a question, um, I know I've said this before. I think it was when we had Steph Driver on, who was uh, who was with the fantastic. two of us at yeah at Rochester. Um, yes, and you know, right now I believe are, are tickets sold out, or because I know there was a new block. Are they gone right. or okay? There, okay. there, well, there are still there are still a few tickets left. Um, okay. We did. It's, it's actually the the response was so huge, which was awesome. We had to move locations, yeah. um, and so that that allowed us to open up a whole new block of tickets um, to get as many people as possible. And and I would be remiss 
if in talking about this, I didn't just celebrate and appreciate you, Peter, for the work that you did. Um, I'm so excited that we're, we intentionally are increasing diversity of our attendees, um, through a huge, you're too humble, but a huge, huge undertaking. I know how many hours and how much work you put into not just soliciting and managing donations, but then getting those out to our attendees. So that's, that's something that you should be really proud of. And I'm by, by association so <laughs> proud of too. Yeah, thank you. So, um, yeah, for, for people listening, we, um, uh, basically last year, um, I was talking to Chris Watkins. I think, I think he was talking about on Twitter. Uh, and I think it was prior to, um, this past Rochester conference and he had said how, you know, he would, you know, he's like, Hey, I'll pay for somebody, you know, from a diverse background who wants to go, just let me know and I'll buy you a ticket. Um, and unfortunately like that didn't really take off very much. Um, but that was where I got the idea to do this. And yeah, we were, I, I forget the numbers right now, but we were able to send, I believe like 12 people, uh, with Amazing. tickets. And then for the people that needed travel money, we were able to give them $300. And that was, um, you know, a lot of it was the generosity of like the community, which is fantastic. Cause that's, that's the one thing I wanted to say is that, um, for any listeners who are either going or if you can get, you know, some of these last tickets and be able to go, like definitely make sure you go to the social events because, yeah. uh, I mean, number one, it's just good for like if you're trying to do any kind of networking, you know, like a lot of the guests on for sure are people that I met the first time I went to Rochester. Um, but I think like what we were talking about with, with Steph, um, you know, if you ever have the chance to sit around a table, I mean, like obviously with, with so many people, but for example, if you ever get a chance to sit with Micah Blake McCurdy, uh, mm. and listen to him because he is a one of a kind storyteller, uh, he is like inimitable, uh, in his style of storytelling. And that is a, an experience in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, you're right. It, and that's, we learn so much and, and I love that part of it, but the best part is just being with everyone and hanging out and, and this time going to a game as well. I think it's just going to be, it's just all it's for me. It's just an excuse to see my friends and my mentors. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Allison, what what was the genesis for this? I, I, I forgive me because I, I know a lot of these things are just usually kind of like maybe you know someone just pitches the idea and someone rolls with it. But I feel like yours seems a little bit, at least from my from my perspective, like kind of a little more unique in that you know it, it like it wasn't something that I saw that like the team. Not saying that they didn't do anything about it, but like you were the first person I heard about it. You were the person, like the point person. So how did, how did you become either like a point person or how did, how did this get, how, how is this born? How, how did you get into this earth? Well, well, I'm, uh, thank you. And I'm, I, I would be remiss if I did not, um, show that the team is, is doing a ton, um, for this. There, it's obviously the event is at the arena. They're helping us with discounted ticket prices to the game. Um, there's going to be some other surprises in there as well, but uh, I'm, I'm fortunate in that I've been able to have a, a pretty good relationship with a lot of the folks in the Blue Jackets front office. And one of those is assistant GM Josh Flynn, who is responsible for kind of heading up the analytics effort within the Blue Jackets organization. And we've been able to just, you know, share ideas, bounce off philosophies. I mean, I don't get to know what the secret sauce is over there, but um yeah. We've always been able to have a, a good relationship, and um, he's always been interested in hacks. Um, his schedule, of course, like they're always at a time when he's either at scouting meetings or has something that he can't go to. Um, but it's an idea we've tossed around for a while, and it was this summer that he he was able to finally say, "I think it's time that we do this." And and you know, you've been to these, help us put these ideas together. 
Um, and then their relationships, obviously, are what is bringing that NHL audience. It's what's bringing in the access to the sport logic data and then so many resources, of course. Um, so it was just kind of finally a right time thing. Um, and I guess because I get to be on social media more than an assistant GM in terms of what you can say. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I get to be kind of the, the mouthpiece. But, um, yeah, Josh Flynn just kind of basically said it's time and, and we've got the green light and, and everything started rolling from there. Nice. Now, um, this next question, I'm not sure if you can answer it. So if not, we'll just edit out and skip past it. Um, okay. But no, because I know that the I know that the abstracts are due or have been due. Um, yes. Can you give us any type of like a preview? Obviously, I know you probably I don't expect you to tell us like, oh, you know, this person proposed this or anything like that. But like, you know, maybe like a big picture overview of some of the potential topics, uh, you know, general topics that people, you know, might be presenting on. Yeah, for sure. And we, okay. um, in full disclosure, we haven't finalized our agenda yet. So yeah. um but, you know, what we're really looking for, um, I, I can tell you, as I said already, we're obviously going to have that NHL panel of NHL executives. Um, we're going to have that kind of debunking the myths question and answer panel. Um, we're, we don't know if we'll be able to have any lightning talks just because of the schedule with it being a game day. But yeah. some of the, some of the things we're really seeking to do is, is cover ideas that haven't been talked about before, um, and also broaden the parts of hockey that we're looking at, looking at different levels of hockey, NCAA hockey, scouting prospects at junior levels. So, you know, if you haven't looked at other levels of hockey and you've only been around NHL, you, you don't realize how spoiled we have it, even with as limited of a data set as we have. Um, yeah. There's so much less at other levels. So I think exploring those ideas and also we have some pretty cool people who I think are going to get accepted to present, who've got some really neat ideas, people who are who have tracking data of their own, people who are using different kinds of tracking systems to share their insights. So we're looking for that, and we'll hopefully we're also going to try and group things by topic. This was a lesson learned from the great example out in Seattle where they grouped a bunch of special teams presentations together. So if you were really interested in that, you knew to be there then and – if you weren't, you could have an extended lunch. So um, <laughs> kind of doing some topical groupings as well is hopefully a goal of ours. Oh, that's fantastic. So, so Allison, when, when you say, um, it, it like, how, how you go about evaluating, like, what's, what's to show, like, in, in, I guess because I myself was entertaining the thought of, uh, of submitting something, but then I just heard you, describe who was actually going to see it and now I'm uh, amazingly relieved I did <laughs> I didn't because I the only thing I would have submitted would have been entirely in jest it would have been like analy- analyzing the uh the the win percentages according to what jersey you were wearing on a on a certain night because I think some I think I think I some would have looked at it and said oh, okay haha very funny who who's the jokester and I'd be like I spent time on this and I'd like, I'd like walk out and like start crying like Charlie Brown but you know when you know, I guess I'm curious. So, like, what what is so so when someone's presenting for this, like, what I guess what could be the ultimate goal out of getting out of it? Is it just some? Is it because I, I I don't know if it's going to be like Shark Tank, right? But like, is, right, <laughs> is right, like how right. so by having these people present, like like how is it? Let's say someone just looks at something and says, "Wow, what we need to use that." Like, what what is what is the like how how would then that process move forward or? Or is it just something like, hey, we're scholars, we we have this new idea out there, so do with it what you will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, honestly, it's 
it's a little bit of all of that. And I think, you know, it's, I, I look, everyone has been in your exact shoes at some time. Um, and I just presented for the first time this past spring in Seattle. So, um, I totally get it. I think, you know, back onto this whole idea of debunking myths, the theme of our, of our show. Um, what I think is important for people to understand is that traditionally at hacks, a talk is short, um, like 15 minutes. So you don't, you know, when I first started hearing about this, I was thinking of these long presentations and they can be really short. And then if there are lightning talks, those are often just five minutes max. So you don't have to think about a lot of time. And to your question about complexity, I mean, there certainly are people who are brilliant, um, a Micah Blake McCurdy or the twins behind Evolving Hockey who are doing hardcore, gritty work and, and bringing about crazy, intense new ways of thought. But then there, there's also value in, we had Namita in Rochester basically do a whole exercise just to disprove a tweet, right? That, that said yeah. that bigger yeah. was better. But yeah. there's value in that because she showed a lot of, she showed her thought process, which I think can be just as important. If you're thinking about answering a question, how do you go about doing that? Um, so there's value in that too. And, and sometimes fun, is used to teach a lesson like that or teach a lesson like how to create a viz or how to think about breaking apart data. So I think it can be all those things. And I think, too, if people are ever interested in presenting, I had quite a few people who I haven't had the pleasure to meet yet reach out to me and say, this is the idea I'm thinking of. Do you think it has merit? What do you think of this abstract? And organizers will work with you on that, too. And and to your point, you know, maybe it's a funny idea conceptually in terms of words on paper, but maybe there's a real point behind it. And having that kind of a conversation, it, always reach out and, and see if something you're thinking about is relevant. Because I am queen of, I want to ask this question, but it feels like a dumb question. And then literally the next question asked is the question I was thinking of. And it turns out yeah. to be a great question. So um, reaching out and getting that feedback is great. And then as far as using it, you know, I think that integrity is, of course, important. Um, I always come away with awesome new ideas when I attend a hack, but I also always, always, always reach out to the creator to make sure I understand it and cite them properly in any writing I do. Um, if it was ever professional, um, again, an organization in theory should be reaching out to that person and paying them for their work. Um, because while a hack is an educational exercise and a social exercise, if you're really using it, um, there should be some form of compensation involved, particularly if you're a team or or another professional organization like that. Yeah, and well, um, that's, that's, oh, sorry, that's phenomenal no, because I, first of all, thank you because I, I feel like I asked like a thirty-five part thirty-five part <laughs> question there. So I, I Jay, you ask a multiple part question? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it's uh, you know New Year, new me, right? Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, Yes. So, uh, well, that's great because if there's anything that could remotely describe my question asking, it's like, yeah, yeah, we'll listen to it. And then there might be a good point in there. So I appreciate you breaking that. I appreciate you breaking that down. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I really liked one of the things. Well, I liked everything you said, obviously, but like, like, like one particular thing, um, cause it kind of ties back to what I was saying before about, you know, the great aspect of these, these conferences being, uh, you know, outside of just the, you know, sitting and, and, and learning and listening, um, you know, getting to, to meet people and, and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, network and stuff, but like one of the things that I found that's just like the most interesting thing for me is just how, 
supportive everybody is. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I, I was, I was trying to put something together for Columbus, but I, I didn't, I, it was like an outside chance that I could finish something in time sure. that I would feel comfortable, you know, presenting. But, um, basically like I wanted to do some type of follow up to what I did at Rochester, but with goalies. And obviously you, you know how, how tough goalies are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so basically, like, I ended up breaking it down to into, like, a several-part process that I'm working on. And right now I'm working on a goalie uh, aging curve. And it's just awesome because, like, you know, the Evolving Wild Twins, uh, Josh and Luke, did something. And so, you know, I can just send them a DM and be like, hey, look, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? You know, and they, they'll, right. you know, help me out. And, like, CJ Totoro, you know, did uh, his own version of an aging curve using regression. And, you know, you know, we have a text chain going back and forth of, you know, some ideas and stuff. And so, like, that's I think that's the best thing about this is like if you have an idea and you want to try to do something you know it's really easy to reach out to some of these people and they will help you like you don't have to feel like you have to do everything on your own you know I think that's a really big lesson yeah totally totally yeah um let me think um oh all right so I I kind of feel like I would be um uh, you, you know, you you can't talk to somebody about Columbus uh, and not talk about John Tortorella. Um, yeah. And actually, every time we've talked either on or offline, I think he comes up somehow. Uh, and, you know, I think I think the, the first time we had you on, uh, we talked about the, um, uh, you, you know, Craig Custance wrote this book uh, Behind the Bench. And one right. of the things that he talked about was kind of how how surprised he was, you know, to, to kind of meet the quote, quote unquote real John Tortorella as opposed to like the one you see from like, you know, a couple clips every year or whatever. Um, and I just thought it was really interesting because, you know, he seems, he seemed to have gone like a really long time without having like his classic, you know, I'm just going to say what I think, you know, damn the consequences. Um, and then he, you know, kind of (laughs) broke that streak last week. So he did. Um, I'm trying to think of like an interesting way to ask this question other than it'd be like, what was that like? You know, but like, what is it like to be like a reporter covering that? You know, uh, yeah. cause obviously you have a different kind of perspective than just an average fan, right? So I, for, I will, first of all, I will say it's been really interesting to watch this one. And I don't know if, if you guys have seen it because usually torts gets the, oh, torts, but, He's got a lot of public support on this one. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of people are behind him. Um, and, and I think that's, that was the biggest takeaway is that he was right. Right? Like mm. what he was saying, he was right. And so as a reporter, he, here's the kind of the thoughts that were going through my head. First and foremost, um, and for people who aren't familiar with what happened, basically, the, t- the game was in overtime. Nick Felino took a penalty early in overtime and jawed at the ref as he went to the be- as he went to the box. Later, the oh my gosh, well, Chicago has takes a too many men penalty. The too many men penalty actually happens a couple seconds before any official notices it. You can see all the Blue Jackets raising their arms and pointing the ones on the ice. The whistle blows, and then you see the clock continue to tick stop and then continue to tick again all the players notice it they go to complain well Nick Felino as captain goes to complain to the official who refuses to hear him they later say that they checked it and that it was right and they explained to the bench why the time was not added back on it was a total of 1.2 seconds I believe or yeah I think that's yeah yeah 
Then what happens is overtime is winding down. Zakarensky takes a shot. The shot goes in the net. It would have been the game-winning goal. It is reviewed, and it is determined that the puck went in the net 0.2 seconds after the clock expires. So had they add and and listen, I've already done all the mental gymnastics. Of course, you can't say everything would happen exactly the same way, but nonetheless, the goal would have counted. Then the game goes to a shootout. On the first shot of the shootout, it's Jonathan Taze and Eunice Corposalo, who's the starting goaltender, goes down with a knee injury, and now he's out four to six weeks. Yeah. So the first thing is that my first reaction was John Tortorella is right, and because if you're in the arena. You didn't, if you didn't see it, you didn't necessarily understand everything that was happening. So I think it was important to him to get out to the public what happened and make sure everyone understood what happened. The second thing, and this is something that his players ultimately love him for, is that guess what everyone was talking about after that game? John Tortorella, not why the team let a two nothing lead go. What happened? Why didn't they win that game? We weren't asking those questions and we weren't bothering the players. We were talking about John Tortorella. So it's about protecting his team. Um, and also, you know, for Corposalo to go down, he had been playing quite a bit at the time. And he wanted, I think John Tortorella wanted to deflect attention from that as well and having to, to face some, maybe some tough questions there. Now, my understanding, and I am not a doctor, is that the type of knee injury that Corpus Hollow experienced is not an overuse injury. But again, that's, that's just what I've heard with checking with some goaltending experts. Um, so you're sitting there and those, so those were the thoughts that went through my head, those three theories. And also, like I said, he was right. And I was like, you know, I, I also said this. I said, after we walked out, I said, he asked, he answered every question we would have asked in mm-hmm. his statement. So it wasn't like he refused. We had 10 other questions that he refused to answer. So, um, I mean, at least I saw one live. That's kind of the first real one we've had yeah. um, live. <laughs> but uh, my, my other theory, and, and, you know, I think a lot of teams have this, too, is that there have been other experiences. Columbus actually had a clock issue like this happen in L.A. Um, about eight years ago. And. They were that game. They were literally screwed. Like the L.A. clock stopped working and it was proven that the L.A. clock stopped working and it ended up allowing the Kings game winning goal. Um, I think John Tortorella wanted to make a stink because he wanted the attention to be brought to the situation. Because, again, like the clock was wrong. Mm. The clock should be fixed, period. Like that's everyone can see it. There's no one who said, no, the clock was right. There's literally no one. And even the NHL in punishing him has never said the clock was right. They just said he shouldn't have said what he said. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a blast. It was, it was good times. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you no, brought sorry. up that. I, I'm glad you brought up that LA game because, um, uh, it, it was weird because the, the clip of that happening completely unrelated to anything like had popped up on like either an NHL like throwback feed. It might, uh, it actually probably wasn't like an NHL official feed, but. Right. There was like, you know, one of those feeds that just like is a, a, a clip aggregator, clip aggregator. Um, and I, I actually remember watching that game live and I was like, this is some of the most wild stuff that I've ever seen. And of course, like, you know, not, not like <laughs> it was like, cause at that time that was like when the Kings were like in their, you know, right. like championship right. mode. And totally. so like, so like seeing all that stuff happen, like, you know, I'm seeing that happen. Then I'm immediately reminded of Belichick with the, with the spy. Yep videos to, yep. to <laughs> the Patriots and stuff. So it's like, you know, you have these like 
powerhouse teams that one of the abilities they unlock when they're good finally is like, oh, you get to mess with the actual things that govern the game. It's like, right. no, <laughs> no, that's, that's not right. supposed to be a thing. So, yeah, I, I, I was actually pretty excited to see that, you know, there's if, if we're trying to think of like, you know, John Tortorella and Pokemon evolutions, I feel like he's on the verge of his ultimate form. Because, like, he was still pretty, like, he was still pretty mad and still, like, you know, the the right amount of vulgar. But I feel like, you know, we're the, I feel like there's going to be a time where it's just going to be, he's going to be up there with a bubble pipe and he's going to be talking Latin for some reason. And, <laughs> like, that's like that's how he's going to address the media and 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 try to bring awareness to something. So, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous of your position. You get to witness these things. Uh, in, 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 in such a proximity that I just, uh, it's, I, I, I applaud your efforts and, and, and I like that he's able to have the type of good coverage to bring light to these things because, yeah, I feel like sometimes, as Pete alluded to with the, uh, with the book, it's like there's a couple of different Tortorellas, right? And there's yeah. the, the famous one and then there's the one that you don't really, see too much of and you know is it a blessing or a burden that the one you see is the one you're seeing or do you want to see the other kind and i'm like i feel like there's i feel like the bravado uh profane tortorella i think is an exact product of what the current media landscape is right now and i think we're and then to have a more even keel and uh, a straightforward thinking guy behind it i mean that's just a guy who's in galaxy brain mode all the time right because he knows what people he knows what people's going to latch on to. He knows what people are going to talk about. And then, like you said, it, it's it's about, you know, taking the light off. It's it's a very Herb Brooks move, if you ask me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no, you can't talk to the players. You're going to talk to me. So that's yeah. it's just yeah. a phenomenal situation. <laughs> yeah, and he's, I mean, it, he's very interesting because he, you know, he's he has created stats that he has the team track for him. He just at Thanksgiving time talked about how he read studies on the best time to pull a goaltender. And for him, it's between two thirty and three minutes, two two and a half minutes and three minutes. So, you know, ultimately, this this what he is without a fault is he is passionate and he is honest. And honestly, I would take that over coach speak and cliches any day of the week. And yeah. he's, you know, look, the YouTube clips are not fake; they're real. He was that person, but he's really kind of. I mean, I can't almost believe I'm saying this word about him. He's he's <laughs> mellowed. Um, so it, it is literally, it is a real pleasure to get to cover him first and foremost, cause he's interesting as heck. So, yeah. um, yeah. And I, again, look, a hockey game is supposed to be 60 minutes. And in this case, 65 minutes, it is not. And if, if the people who were saying, Oh, you know, you should have won it in the, in regulation anyway, or you shouldn't have needed the extra second. Okay. Well then how about the team that you follow always gets two seconds taken off the game? Just, yeah. just I mean, cool with that. Because yeah. if you are, then I'm totally on board with you. But <laughs> it's supposed to be a certain amount of time. Make it a certain amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, talking about a certain amount of time, uh, you know, it's the end of the certain amount of time we have to record this interview. <laughs> uh, look at that, Jay. Back in the segue for 2020. So yeah. Uh, um, all right. So, so once again, thank you so much for joining us. Um, for our listeners, uh, if you don't already follow Allison on Twitter, which first, first of all, why, uh, you know, why don't you? Uh, but secondly, uh, if you want to follow her on Twitter, it's just Allison L. Uh, so, like I, it's funny cause I always forget if it's Allison L or A Lucan. So I always have to look yeah. it up to make sure. Uh, cause I know it's one or the other, but I forget, but, right. um, 
yeah, so follow her there. Obviously, like you said, read her stuff on The Athletic. Um, you know, you definitely will will get a lot of great information. Um, and so, Allison, thanks a lot for coming, and we'll see you in, in about a month. I'm so excited, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Once again, we thank Allison for stopping by. Um, we now move on to a uh, always entertaining, and uh, uh, frankly, when you think about the progression of uh, a person's uh, uh, playing career, uh, the genesis points, the things that gain themselves notoriety, it usually happens during this. And by this, we mean the World Junior Championships. Um, at press time, and I like to say that, because it makes me sound all nice and official <laughs> and smart and stuff. Uh, the gold medal match has been set. It's going to be uh, Canada versus Russia. Um, the lead-up to the gold medal game has been spirited. Yes, it's disappointing that the Americans couldn't go further, because at the end of the day, I think we all know that the reason we watch these things is because the USA-Canada rivalry is... Uh, White hot fire, fireworks exploding, uh, kazoos, confetti awesome. So um, it's a shame we couldn't get that again, but, you know, there's always next year. But, um, yeah, the bo- both teams are uh, obviously uh, going to renew uh, a bit of their rivalry as well because uh, uh, Canada has fallen to Russia before uh, for the gold medal. So, uh, Pete, what, what, what has been your takeaway so far from – you know, from anything that you've seen uh, uh, from these children that are <laughs> that are literally making plays that it's funny because at some point a coach is going to be like, that's great. Don't ever do it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. When you said that, I was thinking of like chef like, OK, children. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I think my biggest takeaway of this tournament is not really something new, but just kind of like a re, uh, re-cementing of an idea, which is that, um, Lafreniere is really freaking good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's interesting, you know, going into this tournament, um, you know, for those of, those people who follow the, the draft, et cetera, like basically right now, every Red Wings fan, uh, is basically more concerned with the draft lottery than they are like the entire second half of the Red Wings season, I'm pretty sure. Um, and, you know, it's like this, this whole thing, like it's, you know, this has been such a hard season for Detroit. So it's like, it will all be worth it if we end up with this fantastic hockey player. You know, if we end up with Lafreniere, it would be, you know, pretty amazing. And going into the tournament, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about how, you know, Quinton Byfield might be, you know, positioning himself to kind of challenge for that number one overall pick. Um, and it's interesting because you can see in the tournament, you can see the gap right now between those two players. However, um, I didn't know this because I'm, I'm not a huge prospect fan. Like, you know, uh, you know, once it gets closer to the draft, I talk to people who know a lot more than I do. Um, but I, I wasn't aware of this. So, um, you know, uh, Quentin Byfield is a double underager. Uh, so, you know, he is, you know, younger than Lafreniere. Um, so... You know, it, it remains to be seen, like, you could 
have a team choose Byfield because they believe that eventually he will be the better player. Um, obviously, in this tournament, we just saw basically Lafreniere, um, you know, just just you know, kind of clown people. Um, you know, th- that's probably my biggest takeaway. Um, my other one is um, just how fun the Sweden team was to watch. Right, their um, their fours were fantastic. You know, for our Detroit fans listening, Jonathan Bergeron uh, has had a pretty good tournament. Um, unfortunately, the Swedes lost today, so they're out. Um, you know, but he had, he had a pretty good tournament. Uh, Nils Hoglander, who unfortunately uh, Detroit actually could have taken. They 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 selected um, uh, you know somebody else. I think one or two picks before Hoglander went in this last entry draft, um, and he looks like you know he could be a real stud you know, in the fairly near future. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, the Sweden, Sweden team was, was pretty fun to watch. Um, especially like I said, with Hoglander, um, you know, doing lacrosse moves, et cetera, uh, which, which I think is interesting because, um, a lot of people are trying to call that like the Svech, you know, after, um, Andrei Svechnikov, who has done it in the NHL. Um, but I think that's really doing a disservice to, uh, Mr. Mike Lego. Right, who yeah. uh, who who pioneered this move at least in the in the published co- public consciousness for the University of Michigan. Um, so we'll see. I, I've been trying to say that it should be called the Legol, um, but I don't think that's catching on. So, oh well, that's all right. I am going to continue to try to make fetch happen. Uh, what do you think, Jay? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, the, there's not really too much more that needs to be said about Lafreniere. That's that's it's. You know, it was a little scary because he did go down and, and missed a game um, due to a potential knee issue. But um, that's the beauty about these kids, right? They uh, they just live and breathe stem cells. So, <laughs> so like, they can have these, what? like, look, look. Yeah, well, I, I, okay, I'm sorry. That, that was probably a, a little too far-fetched of a technical thing. Basically, what I'm saying was because they're so young, they're able to re- rebound from debilitating injuries because they have the regenerative... Uh, benefits of stem cells just oozing from them. So, uh, ah, okay. He, he, he looks like, like, it looked like they were like, oh man, what a ter- what, what, this is gonna be a terrible loss for Team Canada, even more terrible for Lafreniere. You know, this will probably impact his draft stock severely, yada, yada, yada. And then they're like, yep, everything's fine. And then he comes back and he's already scoring again. So, you know, I, I don't, I, you know, the, those are the types of things where I'm always, like, fascinated by, like, are they just playing it up just just to make sure they get clicks or get people's eyes on the thing? And then it turns out when he's graced, like, you know, it just it further feeds into my conspiracy theorist side about, you know, what type of information gets fed to the media. Because honestly, like, think about this at the National Hockey League level. That would have been, oh, it's a lower body injury. They wouldn't have said anything about, yes, it's his leg. Yes, it's his knee. Yes, you know, they were hyper specific about what could have possibly been wrong here. Whereas if that was at the NHL level, they were like, yeah, it's just something between his toes and his head. You know, like that, that's, that's how they would describe injury in, in the NHL. So, um, yeah, exactly. but yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's a phenomenal player. I, I, I really hope we get him because at this rate, I mean, to, to not would be, um, just a little more than frustrating, but yes, Hoglander's been great. Um, also, for for those Red Wings fans, uh, uh, Mo Sider was, uh, I, if I remember correctly, before the the team was eliminated, he was playing the most out of anybody in the tournament. So he has the most minutes. I um, mean, he had a, a, a few assists and whatnot. So 
you know, if we if we were ever concerned about uh, ciders, either durability or longevity in, in either in a tournament play or or just being able to play games, the the kid can log some minutes. So that's something very exciting to look forward to. He was also the captain for Germany, so that's a very exciting thing to remember. Um, but yeah, it's 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 very exciting to uh, to see you know potential futures going on here. I mean, watching USA. Even though they bowed out early, you know we got more looks at uh, Zegris and and um, uh, Oliver Wallstrom. So you know there's and Spencer Knight as well. So there's it's it's always fun to watch these things because not only are you getting like yes, there's the the highlight headliner prospects that are like oh keep an eye out for these guys, but there's also the surprises and stuff. So um, I, I think overall it's been a really fantastic tournament. So like we said, Canada and Russia are set for the gold medal game tomorrow. But this episode doesn't come out until Monday, Pete. So I think what we should do is, for those listeners who are listening to this, we should kind of give them the, the, the congratulatory uh, uh, praise that uh, I think both sides deserve. But because, um, you know, the game hasn't happened yet, we're going to have to kind of do this in two parts. So, so Pete, are, are you ready to uh, uh, give... The, our listeners a choice. This is actually probably our first choose-your-own-adventure episode, right? Because depending upon yeah. what happened, we'll tell you which thing to listen to first. I think so, yeah. So so how about, um, uh, so, so, so which which country do you want to do? Do you want to do Canada or Russia? Because I, I don't really, well, I don't really care. I'll, I'll, I'll do Canada. So, right. uh, so, Pete's going to do Russia. So, yeah. for those listeners, depending upon the result, you're yeah. going to pause, and you're either going to fast forward to when Peter's speaking or to when I'm speaking. Yeah. Uh, Pete, should I? Should, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? I will go first because I have the uh, I have the the counter up on my screen, so I can say um, basically if you want to um, if if you want if you are a fan of Canada. Um, fast forward exactly 30 seconds from when I start talking, okay? Yeah, Uh, yeah. that sounds perfect. All right, here we go. Congratulations to Russia. You have done it. You have defeated the Canadians. You have achieved your goal. You have done what you set out to do. Um, You have accomplished this through a combination of, I'm sure, a great goaltending effort and some key contributions from some offensive players. Uh, You've either scored a lot of goals or you scored the right goals at the key time. Uh, You know, just take whichever one makes the most sense. So, again, congratulations. You did it. Oh, Canada, you won the gold again, like we always expect. So, yes, you went against your hated rival, the Russians, once more, and you uh, redeemed yourselves and won gold. Immense congratulations to you, uh, proving once again that you're very good at the thing you've always been very good at. You have tremendous uh, uh, greatness ahead of you, uh, all-around amazing job by your staff, by your players, uh, and, and especially those who made sure that you won the game uh, as 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 much as your goaltender stood on their head, their their the players uh, responded in kind with just as much goal scoring and point taking. So you did it! Congratulations! I'm sure this is something that you've gotten used to so much that this is merely a blip on your radar, but it's still impressive nonetheless. So congratulations to the winning team of the World yeah. Junior Championship. Um, yeah. yeah. You, you did a great job. Um, 
you basically had the opposite of the day that Corey Perry had during the Winter Classic, and that's all that counts. And all, all that counts indeed. Yeah. So awesome. So Pete, uh, so we're, we, we've uh, come towards the end of our episode here, but we did want to wrap it up with um, a bit of a, a flashback, look back, uh, retrospective, because as you alluded to and announced at the beginning of this episode, this is the first one of uh, our decade, our new decade here, which means we had to say goodbye to a decade previous. So, um, what, what, what's been some of the things that's that, that stuck out to you? What do you what do you take away from the previous decade, and and, and what, what would you like to see uh, uh, moving forward? Yeah, well, like when we were talking about this, I thought you know since obviously since we talk a lot about hockey um, on the podcast, I thought that um, you know it'd be kind of interesting maybe to talk about things other than hockey over the past decade that we've really been fans of. Um, and I I said this before. I said that um, you know w- when when talking about television, the TV show community was probably one of my favorite comedies of the of the decade. I, I think I pretty much you know I, I think that's pretty clear for me. Um, in terms of the in terms of the drama side, I think um, my favorite my favorite drama series, and again, um, number one, I haven't seen obviously every you know major show, uh, and number two, obviously all this is objective, so um, you know just the ones that I enjoyed the most. Um, it's interesting because they're actually both uh, from the same the same showrunner. Is um, I think the, the the combination of the leftovers and the recently concluded Watchmen TV series. Um, you know, definitely the combination of those two together, I think, are probably the two, um, you know, I appreciated the most from the same creator. Um, I thought that, uh, you know, both of those were fantastically done, um, and I really enjoyed them. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, other stuff. Uh, huh. That's a – probably should have thought about this ahead of time, huh? <laughs> Well, I probably shouldn't have just pitched this. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have just pitched this at the last second and been like, uh, "Oh boy." Well, while you think, I'll I'll say a couple things. Because sure. Let, yeah, let's do that. The, yeah, you know, because again, we're still talking about ten years that we have to randomly uh, think about. Um, yeah. To, to to set the tone, uh, what I will not miss is uh, the. Uh, the, the Penguins and Blackhawks championships of the last decade. Okay. So I know that's very sports related, but um, yeah, it was um, for uh, half of the decade was either the Penguins or the Blackhawks winning, which uh, depending upon your, um, you know, your your uh, interests or um, you know hobbies, that was either a great time or a terrible time. Um, it, 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 I, I guess we Pete and I can say this right now, and, and I'm sure either a further uh, winging at radio, we'll say the same, but this, it's a decade that very few positives came out for the Detroit franchise. So, you know, we'll, we'll pretty much just be happy with where, um, the, the, the bright spots were. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, we, uh, are able to recognize that, uh, all good things come to an end. That was an impressive, sh- uh, streak of shenanigans that the Red Wings were up to that concluded in the last decade. So, for that reason, I look forward to putting this decade so very far into my rearview mirror. Um, it's a decade that saw three more Star Wars movies come out, um, which is funny because they not only came out, they came out in like a rapid amount of time, which, depending upon who you talk to, uh, either uh, helped or harmed their overall cause of being a. Uh, uh, intellectual property owned by the Walt Disney Company. <laughs> so uh, hmm. it's uh, it, it, in terms of entertainment, I'd say it's a very entertaining 
decade. Uh, you know, we we got three John Wick movies out of it, which yeah. is a, which is I, I I guess I don't know if we can say that about the next ten years. Maybe maybe we can. Maybe we can't. Um, you know, definitely depending upon the type of uh, uh, calendar keeping you can make. You know, if the next John Wick movie is, uh, you know, the last one, you know, hey, if you get four John Wick movies in the span of six years just consecutively, hey, that's that's far out stuff. So there's that. Um, you guys, you already mentioned it, Watchmen. I think that's a phenomenal addition right under the wire for best of decade uh, uh, t- uh, cable television. I was supremely surprised by it. Um, I wasn't really a Lindelof fan for the longest time because I thought he really, really messed with me and uh, a, a couple other um, uh, of his ventures, uh, Lost being the most notable one. So um, if if Watchmen was the grand attempt by Lindelof to regain my uh, fandom of his, uh, great job, you did it. I, I you uh, you know I, I don't know if this is a uh, dumb and dumber level of you go into. <laughs> Just when I think you couldn't be even weirder, you go and do something like this and totally redeem yourself. So, so that was pretty cool. Um, it's another decade of Lions futility, so we can put that behind us, Detroit fans. So that's that's fun. Um, on a personal level, I uh, it's the decade that I got married, the decade I met my wife, which is very exciting. Um, and and it's uh, uh, not only that she enjoys. Uh, a lot of the same things that I do, and um, we, we connect very well on a number of uh, subjects and um, hobbies and likes and music. So, um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and, and just to be clear, were, um, you know, he, he accidentally said it out of order. He actually did meet his wife before marrying her. Um, just, no, no, I said it correctly. I want everybody <laughs> to just think about that for a while. Okay. I got married. I met my wife. I met my <laughs> wife, and then I got married, and then. You know, there's there's a lot of ways that people can take that, and I and I like to I like to leave it up to them. I mean, we're already choose, telling them to choose a specific point in this episode to start listening. So, you know, yeah, you should true. get used to listening to some things out of order. Um, yeah. Pete, well, what, 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 ever, what are some other moments for you? <laughs> what if we ever made an episode where it's completely like a choose your own adventure book? Um, oh yeah. Now 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 that I think, I mean, this would be way too difficult in terms of logistics to actually make it worth make it be worth it. Um, but it would be incredible. It'd be like you know, if you want to hear this, go to minute forty two, uh, you know, forty two thirty six. If you want to hear this, yeah. go to sixty four forty two. Uh, that would be insane. There's no way. Like I, I could never uh, take the time to figure out the logistics of, of making something like that happen. But that, I'm going that, to call your I'm going to call your bluff, <laughs> and I'm going to say that at one point during the future of this podcast, we will do a choose your a authentic, bona fide <laughs> choose your own adventure episode. I will do the research. I will oh figure God. out the way to do it. So you heard it here for, first, folks. We're going to do it. It's going to happen. And then when we don't do it, or if we don't do it, you have this episode to shove in our face. <laughs> Man, you I... You said you'd do it. You said you you guaranteed it. You are a lying liar who lies. Yes, I, um, sometimes I'm, I'm glad when I open my mouth, and sometimes I'm not. And, uh, I think this is definitely in the latter category. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, you know, like you said, like on a personal note, you know, this is the year that, um, we bought our our first house, um, hopefully our last house at least for a while because it's not fun to move, especially in or out of a house. Um, 
you know, apartments are, are enough trouble, but, you know, obviously house, you have so much more going on. Um, but yeah, it's also the year that we, we got our, our pets, our two cats, Susie and Willow and our dog Bowie. Um, and, you know, having, having them around, I think has, has made our, both of our lives, um, you know, my wife's and mine, uh, you know, just exponentially better. So that's pretty fantastic. Um, so, yeah, so hopefully everybody listening has had a good start to the new year. Um, if not, hopefully you have a better uh, start to the new year after this. Um, but, again, thank you so much for listening, um, and we're going to wrap it up here. We will see you next time. So if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow me on Twitter at P. Flynn Hockey. You can follow Jay at the Roar underscore 24. You can follow the podcast at 200 foot pod 200 FTPOD. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash for sure pod F E R S U R E P O D. And you could get merchandise if you would like, um, on our merchandise store, which you can find at tinyurl.com slash First shirt, which is F E R S H I R T. That's it for episode 61. We will be back at you uh, in the near future with episode 62. For sure. 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 For sure.